I just want to pause this episode for a second to tell you about something super exciting that I'm hosting on the 22nd of May and it's absolutely free. It's my brand new imposter syndrome breakthrough masterclass. I cannot wait because in this one hour masterclass, I'm going to show you how you can make the ultimate shift from struggling to execute with confidence and feeling not good enough and confused as to how you can make changes to exploding your personal confidence in your leadership role and eliminating imposter syndrome for good so you can make the impact you want to make while maintaining balance and having a lot more fun too. Trust me, this is going to be so worth an hour of your time. Head over to lucygarnan.com forward slash masterclass right now to save your seat. Welcome to the Powerhouse Revolution podcast. I'm Lucy Garnan, ex-corporate leader turned CEO of my dream business, helping corporate female leaders just like you to create your dream career and life. At 40, I quit the corporate world as I was tired of doing a job that no longer lit me up and wanted to live my life my way. I created the Powerhouse Revolution podcast to give you simple, actionable tips and strategies to help you create the perfect career and lifestyle that you and your family deserve. So if you're a corporate female leader or manager who is ready to step into her superpowers and live the life you were born to live, you are definitely in the right place because life is way too short to dread Mondays. Okay, let's jump into today's episode. Hello there, lovely lady, and welcome back to another episode of the Powerhouse Revolution podcast. I am your host, Lucy Garnon, and today I am going to be going down a little bit of a nostalgic memory lane, but The hope is that today's episode is actually going to be supportive to help you. So as many of you will know, I worked in the corporate world for about 20 years. I worked in research and development. I worked in the food and beverage industry. I actually started out my career in a solicitor's office. There's a fun fact. And I ended my kind of corporate days working for other people in the pharmaceutical industry. And since I've started my business, I swear, like I just see things so, so differently. It's like the the distorted lens, I can't talk today, but the distorted lens in which I viewed the world, it's like it's been lifted because when you work for somebody else in an organization in particular, that's complex, that's multicultural, that's, you know, an American multinational in particular, because they're usually the bigger ones. You become so at one with the company's values and mission, you can kind of forget who you are. And I have invested so much time and energy into undoing my old mindset by investing in coaches, by taking extra trainings, by investing in my professional development. I'm going to be doing a professional, I am doing a professional credential um, for my coaching now as well to level up my coaching skills. And I will continue to invest in myself because all of this investment has just made me a better person. It's made me, I suppose, undo a lot of the old habits and unconscious patterns that have been getting in my way. And that's what I love. I love learning and being able to share the latest tools on leadership and mindset with my clients and my family and friends too. So I suppose I'm going to be talking to you today about seven things that I would stop immediately if I worked in the corporate world again. But it's taken me a while to get here, right? Because when I worked in corporate, 
having a coach was so far off my radar. Like it wasn't even a consideration for me because I thought it was purely for CEOs and famous people. And even though I had done coach training when I worked in the corporate world, like many years ago, we know we did a coaching workshop and things like that. I didn't really truly understand the value of investing in myself. So when I started my business, and obviously now I'm an executive coach, and I've hired tons of different business coaches and mindset coaches and money mindset coaches and all of the things, okay? And what I noticed is, is that there's this whole world of, I suppose, success linked to coaching that nobody told me about. It's like the world's best kept secret. So we know that the coaching industry is like the second fastest growing industry in the world. Well, it was a couple of years ago. AI is probably like blowing that up. But anyway, um, it's a really, really fast growing industry because more people are starting to realize. So if you're here with me today, you're already ahead of the curve because you are listening to me and I am a coach. And today I'm going to be sharing with you seven things that I would stop immediately if I was to have my time in corporate again so that I could build a life filled with success, balance and happiness where anything is possible. So if you are multitasking, come back to me because I am just about to dive straight into point number one. So the very first thing that I would do is I would stop waiting for my boss to promote me or take my career in his or her hands. This is a mistake I know that many of you make. We do because we are conditioned into this hierarchical society. And I believe, I know for me, it goes back to us as, you know, when you're a child, you were, well, I know I was certainly taught to respect authority, do as your teacher tells you, be a good girl, you won't cause any trouble. And when you kind of move into leadership and you move into corporations, and even if you own your own business, you know, you can be like this with your clients as well. You're waiting for other people to dictate your success. I have seen so many people who are literally waiting years for promotion to director level. A lot of women I see would get stuck at this kind of head of associate director level, trying to get into that director slash executive space. And it can be really, really hard. And it's because a lot of the time we are waiting. I know for me that I suppose I always knew that I was going to be somebody, quote unquote, I always felt like I had so much more to give than what I was giving. And because I didn't value that in myself, of course, I couldn't see it. So that's the first thing I would do is I would stop waiting for my boss to promote me or hand me an opportunity and I would go and actively seek it out. The second thing I would do is I would stop being feeling afraid of dominant men. So I worked in the pharmaceutical industry, which is very fast paced. Okay, anyone who works in pharma, you will know it is extremely demanding. It is an always on culture. It is a do less with more environment because there are patients at stakes and people's lives who are waiting for life changing products or products that are going to make their lives easier in some way, shape or form. But let's not be fooled either. These pharma companies are businesses, okay? And they're obviously out to make money. It's the same with the tech industry. It's the same with financial services. It's the same with every business, my own included. And I used to feel very afraid or intimidated by dominant masculine energy, not even necessarily men, but I especially, I don't know, I remember being in meetings so many times with certain people and I just 
couldn't speak up. I just couldn't say what I wanted to say when they were there. I felt like I was definitely a nobody and they were a somebody. And what I've come to realize is actually I was always a somebody. I just didn't recognize it in myself. So I would definitely, definitely, definitely love to go back to that Lucy like 10 years ago, five years ago and tell her, you know, you have things to offer. You do not, you can make your own decisions. You don't have to, it's not a man's world. And, you know, if you think there's a boys club where you work, you're part of that club. You've just excluded yourself. So that's the second thing I would say. The third thing that I would definitely, definitely stop doing is I would stop people pleasing and I would take the emotion out of decisions. For so, so long, I was a good girl. I was a yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir. I didn't want to push back. I sacrificed time with my family. I attended meetings I didn't want to attend that I knew weren't value add. It's all because I didn't own my worth. It's all because I didn't, I wasn't able to tap into the power that lives inside I used to feel really emotional then. I would make a lot of decisions, you know, based on my feeling rather than actually putting my business hat on. So if I had to make a tough HR decision, it would really take a lot out of me. Or if my team weren't happy because I wanted to please them too, it would take a lot out of me. So again, if I could go back to that person that I was, I would be able to teach her so much in terms of how to stop people pleasing, how to take the emotion out of decisions, because actually... It all starts at mindset. Everything starts at mindset and then we get into tools and tactics. The fourth thing I would stop doing if I was to go back into corporate leadership is to stop feeling and thinking like I wasn't doing enough. Can you relate to that? I bet you can. You seem like you work all day but you get nothing done. You beat yourself up for not getting through your to-do list. You get to the end of the day and you're looking at your diary and you're like what did I actually get done today and then you go home feeling like it's not enough and then the next day you wake up and you want to try harder and you want to try harder and you want to do more because you think if you just keep doing the work somebody's going to notice but I have news for you my lovely lady and if you're multitasking come back to me they're not you are doing enough Because if you are listening to my podcast, you're most likely a woman leader in this world. You are trying to make a big impact. You are driven by your vision, your mission for what you want to make, the impact you want to make in the world. So you are doing enough, okay? That's just your saboteurs and your inner critic telling you that you're not. So I would definitely, definitely, definitely work on my mindset to be able to shift my mindset if I was to go back to recognize that I was always doing enough, I just didn't see it. The fifth thing I would do, and this is an important one, is I would stop putting work before my own development. How many times have you prioritized work over a training course you wanted to do, or over a speaker you wanted to see, or something that you wanted to do for yourself, but you've told yourself you're too busy, There's too much on at the moment. Now is not a good time. When this is over, I'll. I can promise you with certainty that when you do that, you fall behind. It is a short-sighted strategy to put work first and keep doing the doing. Now, there's lots of ways that, you know, if you do want to put your own development first, you obviously have to make time for that. And that's why there is me to help you with things like that, because Right now, 
you're viewing your calendar and you are not seeing so many opportunities because you are conditioned to think you have to go to this meeting, you have to do this, you can't actually delegate. What if they get it wrong? And you drive yourself insane. And I used to be exactly the same. So I would definitely, definitely, definitely put my development first. I would seek out mentors in my organization. I would invest in coaches. I would get crystal clear on my goals. I would, like when I say personal development and professional development, it's it's literally about deciding what you want and working out a strategy to get there and then learning the skills and tools you're missing to achieve that. And then when you work with me, if you're in my groups or if you are in one of my private, in my private one-to-one VIP coaching, it's about carving out space for yourself to think and learn and grow. Because if you keep putting the business first, like what's left for you? Many, many of my clients come to me way too late. They come when they are burnt out. But what I'm noticing now, which is amazing, is there is this surgence of ambitious, driven, family-focused, career-orientated women who are coming to me before they're burned out. They are starting to realize, actually, I don't have to get to burnout before I need a coach. I can actually prevent that. I can be proactive. I can learn tools to be a better leader. I can put myself first. I can master my mindset. I can fight my demons so I can unlock my potential. And I just wish that I had have known that back then. Things would have been so much easier for me. The sixth thing I would do, I would stop doing if I was to go back into corporate leadership is stop putting work before my relationships. I put work before everything. I would barely speak to people in meetings. I was straight down to business. With my colleagues, a lot of the time it was transactional. It was all work focused. I was so driven towards results that I forgot that actually a lot of why we're here on this earth is to create relationships. We are in this loneliness pandemic. It's people are longing for connection and you're probably longing for connection. Your colleagues are there. There's people around you who want connection too. But because you're so focused on work, you are not nurturing the relationship. And that is so, so short-sighted because we know that, you know, most organizations are looking for more collaboration, better cultures in terms of their people working together, less conflict. That all starts with relationship building. You have two currencies when it comes to your performance, right? You, you're, you're what you achieve. You've got your performance currency, which is all the results. And then you have got your relationship currency. And the majority of people, unfortunately, neglect the relationships. But if you look, look at those people in your organization. And if you're multitasking, come back to me. Look at the people in your organization who have, quote unquote, made it or who seem like they have a good network or who seem like they have you know, got to a certain level and they seem like they're killing it. It's because they have prioritized relationships. But in order to do that, you have to be able to delegate. You have to be able to trust your team. You have to stop micromanaging. You have to be able to prioritize so that you can make time to make build those relationships. And as well, when it comes to relationships, you need to start putting your family and your friends before work. If you value family, I know I do. I remember I sat down to do my values and I, you know, family is my top value. Work-life balance would be probably my second. And then we get into achievement and results and more so than money for me, actually. I prefer to achieve than to earn. Some people prefer money. That's up to you. But I just feel very fulfilled when I achieve things. 
And when I kind of looked at the way I was living my life versus where I was spending my time, I was spending an awful lot more time delivering on results for my company than I was spending it with my family and friends. So I would absolutely, absolutely stop doing that if I was to go back into corporate leadership. And again, I would have needed a coach. I wish there was somebody, I wish I knew that there were coaches out there like me who can support you because it would have been a game changer. And then finally, the seventh thing I would stop immediately if I was to have my time in corporate again is I would stop playing small. This is, if there was one thing that I want you to take from today, it's this. I want you to stop playing small because if you're ambitious and you're driven, anything is possible. I have proven that to myself over and over and over again in my business. And I was reflecting on what's different now versus when I worked in corporate. And the main thing is different is that, first of all, I have done a shitload of work on myself. Okay, I've invested thousands and thousands in my business and in myself. But what I got from that was confidence. And what I got from that was certainty in who I am. And I want to play bigger. I want to achieve my full potential. But why couldn't I have done that in corporate? It's because I was people pleasing. It's because I was afraid of what people would think. It's because I didn't even research what other opportunities there might have been for me in my organization. I worked in quality for like two decades. I wonder what would have been different for me had I worked in learning development or if I had worked in HR or if I had worked in some sort of a cultural people and culture role. I mean, I'm made for that. I just don't want it anymore. But had I taken the time to, you know, work with somebody to figure all of this out and tap into my strengths, things might have been very, very different for me. So that is the seven things. I will do a quick recap and I want you, if you're multitasking, come back to me. I want you to see how many of these things are you doing and then I invite you to begin to make a plan to stop these things. The first thing is to stop waiting for your boss to promote you. Start taking it into your own hands if that's what you want. Second thing is to stop feeling afraid of dominant men and masculine energy and realize they're just people just like me. The third thing is to stop people pleasing and to take the emotion out of decision making. The fourth thing is to stop feeling and thinking like I wasn't doing enough because I always was and you are too. Number five is to stop putting work before my own development. I really want you to stop doing that. Number six, stop putting work before your relationships, be it your colleagues, your family and your friends. And number seven, most important of all, stop playing small. Own your power, learn to unlock it and the world is your oyster, my dear. So doesn't it sound exciting? Doesn't that sound exciting? Imagine actually getting control and expanding your leadership profile. Imagine strategizing with ease as a senior leader, carving out time properly in your day to get things done, not people pleasing, not be on all the time so you can coach your team better and have more time for fun. And if you're like, Lucy, I want this, I invite you to work with me. So I will be opening up spots very shortly if they're not open already. So the best thing you can do right now is apply to work with me. I don't just work with anyone. I only work with women who are driven, who are ambitious and who are ready to actually make changes, who are committed to doing the work on and for yourself. Now, it's only a couple of hours a month. So don't freak out and say you don't have time. You do. I can help you find more time. 
If you want to unlock your potential, if you want better work-life balance, if you want to build a life filled with success, balance and happiness more than anything that you could even like imagine, I invite you to apply to work with me. I work with women in different ways across my private one-to-one coaching and my groups. So the best thing to do is visit lucygarland.com forward slash apply, answer a handful of questions, and then we will come back to you within 24 to 48 hours with your next steps. And when I open up spots, you will be the first to know. So that is it for this week's episode. I really, really hope you found it valuable. Please just think about those seven things that I mentioned Please stop doing them because life is way too short. And if you are ambitious and driven, you want to reach your potential, now is the time. And again, if you are interested in working with me, or sorry, should I say, if you are ready, not interested to work with me, I invite you to apply. So go to lucygarnon.com forward slash apply, and I cannot wait to see your application coming through. All right, lovely lady, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Until next time, take care. Talk to you then.